All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard McLean. I'm Mitch Parker. And this is Please Leave a Message. I know Mitch from the comic jams that Jess has, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just asked him to be on the show, and so here we are this week. I know you draw goofy comics, yeah. the comic jams. I know that on Instagram you play funny little instruments in funny little places. These are just short clips. Yeah. Those things crack me up, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I always am really happy when I see a new one pop up. But other than that, I really don't actually know a lot about Mitch. So mm. why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, yeah, I like to draw. I uh, call myself a compulsive doodler. Cause that's what most of my drawing is. And I've been doodling for my entire life, I guess. Yeah, so I do a lot of that. I like to, I guess, the same general thing on musical instruments. I like to doodle <laughs> <laughs> uh, sonically. Don't really make, you know, big compositions or play fancy songs or anything, but I like to make noise. All right. Very cool. So um, just a few announcements for this week. Number one, we are now available on Tuned In. Sweet. uh, Because we, for Christmas, we got a gift of one of those uh, Amazon Echo Dot things. Mm. So I hooked that up and I just wanted to be able to say, hey, Alexa, play Please Leave a Message podcast. Yes. And have it come up and play the latest episode. So I got us on Tuned In. It took me a few weeks to get in but i got the confirmation the other day that we're there and so i say hey alexa play please leave a message podcast and it plays some other show that's not us (laughs) uh (laughs) the voice recognition on those things is not quite up to snuff it gets a little confused sometimes but through the app on my phone i can play it on there and it'll play through it so i know it'll play on there now Mm -hmm. But it's a step in the right direction. It, it is a step in the right direction. In that same vein, I was contacted by Provo Free Radio, oh. which is an online radio that's available at freeradioprovo.tk. And uh, they asked if they could rebroadcast our podcasts on their on their radio. So I think they're going to be broadcasted on Tuesdays hmm. at... I, I can't remember the time now. It was either 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening. So uh, maybe that will bring some more audience our way. Very cool. So that's kind of cool. What else? Jess is no longer with us. A moment of silence. No longer with the podcast, that is. <laughs> uh, I just saw him last week. But uh, Jess is, uh, he's just too busy. Yeah, he doesn't know. The busiest man in the world. <laughs> he doesn't have time for the podcast. So he has withdrawn permanently. So I am in the process of kind of retooling things and getting everything under my umbrella, getting all the logins and everything that he was in charge of under my ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be retooling the podcast a little bit to uh, add some of my own stuff and just let some of the things that were Jess's things slide. Uh, <laughs> because... 
I didn't want to keep maintaining all of it. So <laughs> we'll just go in a, a little bit different direction here and there. One of those changes is that uh, we have a new call-in number. Okay. So we're going to use 801-SKETCH-1 will be the call-in number. That turns out to be 801-753-8241. But it's easy to remember because it's 801-SKETCH-1. Mm -hmm. And just call and leave us a message. What kind of messages should we ask for? Hmm. You got any ideas, Mitch? Do you like funny stories? Uh... I do like funny stories. So I was, I was thinking of having people call in and telling us... So there's a stigma out there about gaming stories. Mm. They're like, okay, if somebody starts telling you their gaming story, A, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> and B, they're just going to go on and on and on and on. But there are gaming stories that I enjoy. So if you've got a gaming story, like something funny that happened in a role-playing game or mm -hmm. something, but you have to keep it short. Keep it short. I'm, I'm talking less than five minutes. Less than three minutes would be ideal. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep it under five minutes... Because uh, the problem is people start to bloviate when they talk about their gaming stories. Uh -huh. They think that you have to understand the entire backstory and the entire world that they are inhabited in. And you have to know their character's backstory intimately to understand. And sometimes it's just a funny thing that's kind of typical, but uh -huh. has a little bit of a twist on it. So if you've got a gaming story that's funny or, you know... Maybe something happened at a board game. Somebody said something really funny. I don't know. Just any kind of gaming story. We're going to try to, to gather some of those short gaming stories. <laughs> if you go past that three-minute mark, I'm going to be having my eye, my stink eye on you. But if you pass the five-minute mark, you're off the show. So hang up and try again. And nobody cares about the details of your Minotaur character's loincloth or anything like that. <laughs> All right. So what have you been up to, Mitch? There's a, a Donuts Tale oh, web comic right. that I'm a part of. We've got four artists working on it right now. We just trade uh, whose turn it is. So doing that. Uh, I guess we're going to have the first collect collected comic, volume one or whatever. Oh, cool. At the Salt Lake Comic Con this year. Or the Fanex. The Fanex. So that's exciting. I will be missing Fanex for the yeah. first time. It's a shame. I uh, yeah, I'm a little bummed about it, but uh, just the situation was not ideal for me to go this time. Mm -hmm. Last time or the last con I did, the the Comic Con, I didn't do terribly well, so I, I lost money actually. Mm -hmm. Didn't even make up my booth fee. It, usually, if I at least make my booth fee, then I'm happy. I'll take that money and apply it to the next show. Right. But I, I didn't even get there, and I was going to go to Fanex anyway, but then my website broke. It's still down. It's been three months. I'm getting a little fed up with it, so I actually started looking at different content management systems because I don't want to retool the whole thing, but I'm getting a little tired of waiting for these guys to, to get their stuff in order for my site to work again. So there's that. But yeah, I'm kind of bummed about it, but that's okay. Eh, you can uh, go to the next comic book event yeah i it's it's been good though because the site's been down so i haven't been like scrambling to write or just like a weekly comic as much because mm -hmm. it's not even you can't even access the comics so i did one or two that i just posted to instagram in the meantime the weird thing is i can still update the site on the back end mm -hmm. i can still up, put new comics up 
I can add all the descriptions and everything, and it, it works just fine. Hmm. But the front end, something to do with the, the code that builds the page, is no longer compatible with the server-side software. The server upgraded, and so they're just not compatible anymore. But the good thing is, is because I haven't been upgrade, updating the comic weekly, it has given me a chance to sit down and write the script. So I had, I had one script that ended up being the volume one book that I published. Uh And I have almost finished the script for volume two at this point. And it's a longer script than the volume one script. So I should get a good lot of comics out of it. Sweet. That's the biggest thing that slows me down is not having that script written. I want to collaborate with someone. Yeah. You know, I I just feel like I need to do a, a project with somebody else just for kicks. So anyway, yeah, you should, I should. All right, let's play something. and stuff like that so that was a record that a missionary had recorded for his family and sent back home i'm, I'm guessing it was probably sometime in the 50s or the 60s anytime i find the, those kind of records that are just one-off recordings that people just record and then are able to you know keep in their own collection for themselves or send to their family or whatever mm-hmm. anytime i find something like that at a thrift store i will pick it up because that is the exact kind of found audio that I think is just really interesting to listen to. Just kind of, it's that kind of personal history kind of stuff that's like, you would think their family would want that. Mm-hmm. And, and I literally have no idea who they are. I have no way of tracking them down. 
So kind of an interesting thing, but I'm, so there's that. So I, I like to find that kind of stuff. So if anybody has that kind of stuff and wants to share it on the podcast, uh, just give us a call at 801-SKETCH-1 and let us know. And uh, you can get it to me and then we will feature it as uh, some of our found audio. What kind of comics do you like? I like a variety, that's for sure. Not really so much into the uh, superhero stuff. Right. Lately I've been reading... Headlopper has picked up the oh, uh, one through four. I've been dying to read that. Oh, yeah, I'll uh, I can lend it to you once I'm okay. done with it. Because um, I follow him on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. What's his name? It's McLean. Yeah, that was the first thing I was like, this guy's gonna be cool because <laughs> his name's McLean. So, but yeah, I I ran across him on Instagram before I even knew what Headlopper was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy's awesome. And then it turned out that this guy was really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, that's great. Windsor McKay. Little Nemo collection. Like, Oh, nice. It was awesome. Interesting to see uh, where comics were 100 years ago and uh, what they've become. <laughs> I've got... Oh, I've got a... Um, so, I'm big into animation. I wanted to be an animator. Mm-hmm. And then I decided I didn't want to move to California. Ah. And so now animation is something I can do, but I don't do it for a job currently. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, wow. There we go. This Windsor McKay was an animator. Mm-hmm. Gertie the dinosaur. Yep. But there's some little Nemo stuff on there, too. Oh, wow. Sweet. So that's like really early stuff. Yeah. A lot of his uh, animations, same thing. Interesting to see the early stuff and, you know, of course, see what it's led into. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I haven't read as much comics lately as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Probably the most recent I read was the Sithrob Volume 2. You mm-hmm. read those by Jason Brubaker? I have not. Volume 3 Kickstarter just ended couple days ago and i couldn't contribute this time Mm. made me sad because last time i was able to contribute at the level that gave me an original page oh wow so i need to get this framed but it's beautiful i love his brushwork very cool so yeah but yeah i that's one thing i feel like i just feel like i don't read as much as i would like to Mm -hmm. especially comics and stuff yeah, I feel the same way. I think I like to make comics a little more than read them in general. <laughs> right. I I like to make them, and I like that I have a webcomic. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's working, that I can put a comic up every week, and it just keeps me going. Sometimes when I'm stuck on the story, I get frustrated, and that's when I created... Well, not I didn't create it then, but I took a character that I had just drawn randomly in mm-hmm. my sketchbook and kind of shoehorned it into the comic. And it's just kind of this out there thing that I can throw in once in a while when I'm just completely out of ideas. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, but I kind of wish that, uh, I had a few more of those mm-hmm. just kind of offshoot kind of things that, cause sometimes I just want to do something, but I don't want to do what my main thing is. Right. <laughs> How is it? I know that your donut comic, it's kind of, it's a, uh, what's the word? It's improvisational, isn't it? Yeah. So like you just make your page up and then the next person just makes up their page. Yeah. 
and you never know where the story's going to go. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Okay. So I, I kind of like how how it's kind of evolved, how the story is much more complex uh-huh. than you would think could come from something improvisational like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's been very interesting because no one, you know, knows where it's going to go or anything. I mean, half of the artists we had originally have had to quit. Jess was one of them, actually. The whole thing was, I guess, created by the Bradford Gambles, right. Brady, and then... So he's kind of, you know, just the guy who keeps it organized and uh, try to, you know, we have four artists now. The others are, uh, so there's Brady, me, uh, Cord Nielsen, who rocks. You should look into his stuff. And Rachel Everett, you should look into her stuff too. They're both awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we try to keep the story connected and consistent, but there really aren't many, uh, you know. Hard, fast rules. Yeah, exactly. So it actually has become a lot more complex than uh, I would have guessed. There are some, you know, a variety of characters who have showed up and stayed in there. And uh, I think everyone has a different idea of where they would like it to go. But, uh, you know. So everybody's kind of trying to push it in their direction. And everybody else is probably pulling Uh kind of away from that because they're trying to push it in their own direction. That's kind of interesting. So, And then continuity, you know, you try to keep that as solid as possible but uh, right. you know i think everyone's got a different idea of <laughs> what this world is so that just makes it it's that kind much of, better it's kind of like a, a complicated comic jam in that way yeah because like when i go and i do those i like i lay out the panels and i get sick of squares so i almost always have a circle panel uh-huh. and i almost always have like a long panel and i almost always have a panelist panel Mm -hmm. Uh, so you lay out the panels beforehand or sometimes I don't, sometimes I just don't even do that. But, and then you have kind of an idea in your head based on whatever the theme that we've picked is. So you do your first panel and then it just goes (laughs) left field from there. Uh It's, it's kind of, even when you just draw one panel, you, you almost have a whole idea laid out for the whole thing. Right. So yeah, the last one I did, like I laid out the panels and they were kind of like a train. So the top ones were squares, and then the bottom ones were wheels or circles. Mm-hmm. So like the sh- the page itself kind of looked like a train. And then in the first panel, I made a reference to a train, and then nobody else followed that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went off the rails. As it, it were. went totally off the rails, but but in a good way, mm-hmm. I think. We did two last time. There was the super speed round, and then just the normal round. The train one was the super speed round. That might have been like one of mine. The the comic went crazy, but I liked where it went. And the other one, I I still don't think I understood the joke. <laughs> but everybody else was laughing at it. It was just one of those like I I, I don't get it. <laughs> Sometimes that's the uh, the funniest thing about it. That was like total absurdity. Right. Yeah. So I like that. All right, we're going to play this song. I found this CD at the local thrift store, and it looks like a country CD. (laughs) And it looks like a locally produced, not terribly great Uh country CD. And it's from 1995. It does have a UPC on it. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. And it does have some copyright information. So I'm just going to play a song from this. Uh, the band is called Smokin' Armadillos. <laughs> the album is called Out of the Burrow. 
rope them doggies and a brand on the chorus. I got spurs on my feet, a rope in my hand. Got a pistol on my side, I'm the quickest in the land. I'm the cowboy. Head him up, move him out. A cowboy and a man, he's a special kind of breed that lives off the land. I'm a cowboy man, that ain't no lying. If you're gonna mess with me, you're gonna have to die. I'm a cowboy. Kinda of strange, got Justin boots, a resist all hat For every single day I will look like that I was raised in the hills with horses and stuff And I grew to be strong and I learned to be tough I don't mind the city cause I went to school there But they got their own problems and I don't really care I'm a cowboy Hit him up, move him out A cowboy and a man, he's a special kind of breed That lives off the land, I'm a cowboy man That ain't no lie, and if you're gonna mess with me You're gonna have to die, I'm a cowboy And I got a load of hay and I got a brand calf If I wanna get paid I work real hard to make the cattle grow Cause a cowboy's a full-time job, you know That's my way of life like that, it will stay And if you can't live with that, well you best go away So I rope my steers and live real rough Cause if you wanna be a cowboy, you gotta be tough I'm a cowboy And I'm up, move them out A cowboy and a man, he's a special kind of breed That lives off the land I'm a cowboy man, that ain't no If you're gonna mess with me you're gonna get hit So uh you think they're referring to armadillos that like have smoke coming off of them or armadillos that smoke cigarettes? I think that smoke cigarettes. Okay. Just based on I did listen through the album once. Uh-huh. And I, I honestly thought this was like some locally produced thing and uh, I was just going to get a kick out of it. And then I just looked up to see if the band had any kind of online presence at all. Uh -huh. And they're not really active. They're not completely inactive at this point. I think they're still technically a band and they still do gigs occasionally. And some of the band members have changed and whatnot. But at one point... They almost cracked the top 40. And so they almost became famous. Mm. <laughs> um, um, so close. Yeah. So, but I had never heard of them, but it just looked so funny smoking armadillos. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, we did I'm a Cowboy, the radio cut. Do you play games much? In what sense? Like, like board games board or role-playing games? games? Yeah, I've got a regular role-playing group. We meet once every week or two and uh i've played through a few different campaigns sometimes we do larger scale sometimes mm. just mini ones so everyone can have a chance to gm if they want okay do you like stick with one gaming system or do you play a variety uh we've done a variety a few D D. we had a let's see what was it called legend of the five rings, five rings. Five R, yeah yeah so when i started with them they, they had uh been playing games for a long time before i got in the mix but uh yeah so the first one i played when i joined up with them was l5r that was fun and we've done i guess a few others but those are the major ones i guess so i was my introduction to dungeons and dragons i first heard about it when i was in elementary school yeah and the neighbor kids were doing something 
And they were like, oh, you can't play this game. <laughs> Your parents wouldn't like if you played this game. And it wasn't like they were any older than me. In fact, I think I was older than them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but my parents are a little more straight arrows than, than others. So, uh, I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. But what is it? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. I, I watched the cartoon uh-huh. back in the eighties. I liked it. And my mom did not approve of me watching that <laughs> cartoon, by the way, but I usually slept over at grandma's house on uh, Friday. So Saturday mornings, cartoons, I was mm. kind of free reign, whatever I wanted to watch because I'm the oldest grandkid. <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. So I kind of knew what that was, but I didn't know it was a game. I just, uh-huh. I knew it as a cartoon. I kind of knew it was a game because my mom worked at like this store and the basement level of the store was a toy store. Okay. And so I remember seeing Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but I really didn't know what it was. And then, so that was probably, that was definitely elementary school age, probably fourth or fifth grade, if I had to guess. Okay. And then I got into junior high and I had a teacher bring up Dungeons and Dragons. She used a D20 in class Mm. to randomly generate stuff. She had like a chart and she used the D20 to randomly generate items that we had to use in a, like a, a writing, a creative okay. writing exercise yeah. kind of a thing. She kind of said the same thing. She's like, okay, I know some of your parents probably don't approve of Dungeons and Dragons, but <laughs> there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just how you play it. Some people take it a bad way and other people don't. It's, it's honestly just how you play it. And I was like, okay. So that was like kind of my second kind of clue about uh-huh. it sort of a thing so and that that intrigued me and then i uh i found this game online and i've probably still got a copy of it oh yeah it's right there that blue folder over there on the shelf it's a game called ring wielder and ring wielder yeah so it's uh it's a combination of fantasy and sci-fi so the whole thing takes place on um a ship in space but the ship has in order to keep people from going crazy has built like this whole kind of holodeck kind of thing okay so the people think they're living kind of like in a fantasy world and then there's the people that know the truth about the fact that it, they're on a spaceship and they are the ring wielders and the, the having the ring gives them like gm type powers okay and magical powers over the whole holodeck kind of situation that they're in so it's kind of cool and i i found this on some bbs and i printed it out and i've still got it in this notebook and I read through it and I thought, wow, this is just such a cool thing. And I told a friend of mine about it and I had all these notes on little three by five cards that I Mm -hmm. kept in my pocket. And we would like play by writing notes in the back of class and passing them back and forth to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first attempt at actually playing a role playing game. Um, And then I knew I had friends that played. I had a friend that would play like uh, the Palladium system because he was like way into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and they had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books for the Palladium system. Um, and so, but like none of my friends that actually played this stuff and actually knew what they were doing ever invited me. <laughs> so I didn't get invited to play till I was married and the second counselor of my bishopric was telling me about his game. And I'm like, I've always wanted to play, but nobody's ever invited me. He's like, we're having a game this weekend. Come on over. Cool. (laughs) We're having a Halloween game. So like I went over, everybody was dressed in costumes (laughs) because it was a Halloween game, but they were dressed as their characters. (laughs) So that was my first time playing it. So it was kind of funny how I 
I ended up, I got into it that way. It was, so it was kind of later in life that I got mm-hmm. into it, but I, uh, I liked the Dungeons and Dragons system. And then I found about this game called Savage Worlds mm. and that's my favorite system. I love it. I've got so many books over there. Plus I've got a hard drive just full of other stuff that I huh. I bought for it. And, uh, I wanted to play that game so bad and I knew the only way I would get to play it is if I ran the game. Uh-huh. So I ran a regular game for about a year and we played in the Deadlands universe, cool, which is a weird wild west setting. So I, I ran a setting called, or I ran an adventure called the flood for a year and we had a big, actually, no, that was the second one I did the year before that I ran zombie run. Mm which is a little tiny book that's, I don't think you're meant to run it for a year, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) I milked that thing. Sweet. (laughs) So that was good times. That zombie run. Plus I, have you played the zombies board game? Yes. So like it comes with a hundred zombies. And so I have that and like a ton of the expansions. So I've got like, I think I've I've got a box over there with like 700 zombies in it. And I would use that for the uh, run in the game. And so like we literally had just zombies all over the (laughs) table. And that's the cool, the other cool thing. Like if you tried to run something like that in Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. you'd get nowhere. (laughs) That's the thing. I like D&D, but the the combat's a little bogged down with numbers and whatnot. We slow Savage Worlds. That's their their tagline is fast, furious, fun, and that's what I like about the system because it really is fast. Mm. You can do awesome stuff. So yeah, look into that one some more. A hundred zombies on the table is no problem. Sweet combat. Like I, there's there's a there's a part of the story where you're in the mall. Mm-hmm. So I and I worked at a place where I had access to these large format printers. Yeah. So I printed out this big map of the mall that took up our whole dining room table and like seriously there was just zombies everywhere (laughs) and uh everybody's trying to get to the gun store and then trying to get to yeah it was good times so i i i like gaming (laughs) (laughs) now that that reminds me of a uh time one of my friends uh somehow combined a couple small games he had to Uh make a great role-playing experience he had uh, uh i can't remember what this the first game was called but it was a knockoff that uh, was super simplified of dungeons and dragons okay for like younger character younger players it's kind of an introduction an kind official of one there that's, that's called dragon quest it, it could have been that did it come with a vhs no that one didn't come with okay what well, is it okay. uh, it was something like that uh he combined it with uh the board game called mall madness okay so the board there yeah and uh yeah, he was pretty brilliant. It's actually Sam Davis. Oh, okay. Wrote he wrote our theme song. Yeah. So, uh, yes, he brilliantly combined those two games into uh, one of the most memorable gaming experiences ever. Awesome. All right, so the reason I brought up gaming in the first place, our interview this week is with Brad Ashworth, who uh, works over at the Dragon's yeah, Keep. Dragon's Keep, yeah. Uh, in Orem, and so that's our interview. And so let's let's hear from Brad. All right, Brad, thanks for coming down and joining us. Hey, no problem. It's been a pleasure. So we call this part of the t- uh, podcast I Tick. I Tick. I Tick. I got a tick in my leg? <laughs> well, we ask everybody the same questions. Okay. And the questions are to figure out what makes a person tick. Why don't you uh, tell us your name and what you do? I'm Brad Ashworth. I am the manager of the Dragon's Keep in Orem, Utah. I'm also a freelance artist and illustrator. Okay, well, what's Dragon's Keep? Uh, is a comic and board game store. 
Okay. What's your favorite comic? Oh. Um, or is it too hard? <laughs> no, I, I got a couple. So, well, it's more of a series. Uh, Carnage series uh, back in the 90s. Okay. Also, um, uh, Age of Apocalypse series. Okay. Too. That was awesome. Yeah. Do you have a favorite board game? Favorite board game? Pictionary, but nobody lets me play with them. Um, <laughs> I like uh, probably Warhammer Quest, the old one. Okay. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. You know what game you would love? Telestrations. Telestrations? Yeah. What's that? Okay, so you know the telephone game? No. Where you you whisper, oh, and then they whisper yeah. to the next uh-huh. person, they whisper to the next person. It's the telephone game, but with drawings. Oh my gosh. It's Pretty cool. It is fantastic. Yeah, we should try that. I've played it with artists, and it is a blast. Awesome. So, tell us what your earliest memory is. Probably crawling out the window <laughs> in Seattle. That's all I remember. That's all you remember? But yeah, I know uh, some guy picked me up on the road and was yelling at my mom, like, because she was in the shower or something like that, and I huh. crawled out, and I was on the street. <laughs> oh, man. Was it a tall window? Um, I don't remember. I was a tall kid, though, so I don't think so. We were in a ground-level apartment. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right, tell us a story from your childhood that's had a big influence on your life, something that maybe you haven't shared often. I would say probably one of the coolest things happening, because art-wise, let's just stick with art-wise. When I was a freshman, I believe, in high school, I got to meet Greg and Tim Hildebrandt. They came to Tempe High School, and I was drawing, and we we told they were here, we got to go down the auditorium, I just took my sketchbook with me, and... Uh, they looked through it and like, dude, you gotta, you gotta be drawing full time. Oh, that's so, awesome! It was, it was fun, but you know, life happens and it just didn't work out that way. It was cool because um, I gotta, gotta meet both those guys while you know Tim was alive and now it's just Greg. But years later, I got to interview Greg for a Comics Coast to Coast podcast. That was cool, and he kind of remembered coming out there. Oh, nice! <laughs> so it was, it was kind of neat. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Share with us a piece of music that's been highly influential in your life. A couple of pieces. I love the Battle Hymn of the Republic. I love that song. Oingo Boingo Insanity. Yes. That's a good one. Uh, just all of the, the craziness in the music. And lately when I've been drawing, I, I listen to a lot of Lindsey Sterling. Okay. Because there's no, there's no lyrics in most of it. Right. And just that instrumental flow that she has helps me just be able to draw for hours and hours very cool yeah awesome share with us a piece of media that's been highly influential in your life and it can be anything a movie a cartoon a comic book a painting Mm -hmm. a game a radio show Mm -hmm. another piece of music a play a musical just whatever some piece of media that's been influential um definitely anime and manga okay yeah uh growing up with that seeing the Epic battles, the fight scenes, the the crazy stories, the funny oddball things to um, overpowered Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> you know, it's just a, just a great medium just to have fun and create. So, and you can do anything, anything in anime. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Probably the one I grew up with the most, or the youngest, I, or the oldest one I remember, Robotech. Okay. It's actually Macross, I think, in Japan. That's right. what it's called. So um, I remember watching that, and it was like the coolest thing ever. And then Transformers came out just after that. And then Thundercats, He-Man. The list just goes on and on and on after that. So, But probably Robotech was the first real anime I saw. No, no. Star Blazers. 
Oh. Star Blazers. Oh, my gosh. With the battleship, and they had to resurrect it. It goes out in space. as the big gun in the thing. <laughs> and they were off to some... Earth got taken over or something. They were... They had to go somewhere to get something and like come back and <laughs> that help was a planet. MacGuffin. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was cool. I don't remember the exact story, but I remember the visuals of the space battles and the ships. Just it was cool because it was battleship in space. You know, it was uh, it was pretty neat. So yeah, very cool. How has that influenced you? Well, it's probably why I started drawing planes and ships and cars to begin with. And just the just the idea of like radical shapes and experimenting with different stories, uh, story and art styles. Because in the manga, everything's you know kind of looks one way as a generalized shape, but or as a generalized subject, manga is one generalized style. But there's subtle changes in each one. Like one guy uses watercolor, one guy just uses pens and inks and half tones, and some guy uses cell shading or or whatever, but the kind of basic lines are the same. Or how they do the pupils of the eyes or the eyeballs. They're always different for every artist almost. Mm-hmm. Their styles. And then the hair, you know, they went from, you know, the cool guy always has only one eyeball showing. <laughs> <laughs> He's always kind of covered, you know. He's the man in mystery. He's the, I don't know, just a lot of cool things about anime, so... Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell us about your passion and why you do it. My passion. My passion is a little complicated. So my passion is definitely drawing. Why I do it is selfish in nature. I draw just because I want to escape certain things in my life. I draw to, you know, make people smile. I draw to make kids go, hell yeah, that's really cool looking, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it feeds my ego of, you know, doing doing something great for someone else, you know. But doing it on a consistent basis basis has been the hardest part, you know, because, you know, you struggle with everyday life. You know, I've had sickness and my family and stress and stuff like that. So it comes and goes because some days I don't feel like drawing. Some days I do. I've just never been one with. I'm a procrastinator. So (laughs) I'm always, I don't want to draw it now. I'm fine, you know. I do have a passion for artwork. It's just sometimes I let too many things get in the way, you know. My selfish reasons are, you know, to make someone smile, make someone like, dude, that's cool, or just to see their face when they grab it and like, dude, I want that so bad. So, yeah, it's, it feels good that way. So what kind of stuff do you like to draw? Um, I definitely like comics, you know, growing up in the 90s, you know, with comics and the big boom and everything. The dark and gritty era. That's true. Very <laughs> gritty. But to me, I didn't know what was going on. You right. Know? Uh, freshman in high school and always the odd man out you know the big nerdy fat guy in class you know so that hasn't really changed <laughs> you know it uh, allowed me to explore different things you know X-Men was perfect you know they were all different you know they all fit in together they all were friends you know Spider-Man I love the way he because I remember him in the cartoons you know Spider-Man's amazing friends you know were hanging out together always doing things together saving the world together you know and uh, that was cool to me you know i liked i liked that artwork a lot of those comics you know i wasn't the biggest reader either and i'm dyslexic so uh reading novels is super hard okay but reading comics you know because i can get what's going on with the pictures Mm -hmm. as well as you know a few lines of text or dialogue you know i understand what's going on perfectly yeah so yeah very cool Mm -hmm. so brad what makes you tick 
I don't know. I'm still finding that out, I think. Okay. Yeah. With everything that I like to do, with everything I, you know, from travel, like going overseas to meeting new people, new cultures, going to Comic-Cons, you know, meeting new people, just randomly drawing for people, like a restaurant. I don't know what makes me tick yet, so. Still figuring it out. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever know. That's fine. (laughs) You travel? I do. Where do you like to go? So I've been to Hong Kong, mainland China, Taiwan for like a day, Korea for a day. But I definitely want to go back there very soon, like within the next six months. That's cool. What was was your favorite thing you did over there? Ooh, there's a lot of cool things. Yeah. Some of the food, you know, didn't agree with me, but that's normal. (laughs) But I would say, I don't know, traveling around by myself in the city. It was kind of easier in Hong Kong because... It was formerly an English colony at the time. So, in fact, when I went there, it just changed back to China. So, it was cool because um, everything was in English and Chinese, so I could find my way around. Okay. And most people understood English, they didn't speak it. It was just fun, though, to be the odd man out, you know, <laughs> the tallest guy in the subway. You know, I could see down the length of the subway, the mm-hmm. one from one end. I remember, um, oh, yeah, one. So, everybody's seen those pictures of every, like, uh, crowding in the subway for the rush hour in the mornings and stuff. Right. I got to see that firsthand. And the frightened look the guy had on his face while I'm standing there <laughs> at the doorway thinking, should I get on this train? And he's just like, please don't get on this train. Please don't get on this train. There's so many people on that thing. So, I'm like, I can wait one minute for the next train. And sure enough, the next train was empty. So I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, his look, he was like, oh my gosh, don't. That's hilarious. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to stick your big butt in this door. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was nuts. So, yeah. That's cool. Probably that big Buddha was cool too. Okay. That's pretty neat. I mean. Where's I that at? Lantau Island. Okay. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. So like they have the, you have to walk up the stairs and it's a giant golden Buddha. That has a restaurant in the bottom of it. Oh. It's, um, that's how the monks make all their money and stuff like that. It's off okay. the vegan restaurant there. So How old is it? Uh, it's old. It's on like on all the tourist cards and everything. Okay. It's like it's pretty cool though, but you have to hike up it. When I first got there, my calves and legs were just dying because I was walking everywhere. Mm-hmm. But probably by week three, I was getting it and being a fat guy I was losing a lot of weight <laughs> like I lost several pant sizes while I was there I had to suck up that belt while I was there and uh, just drink tons of water because it was so hot and humid mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually went up that whole thing I was like dang dude I, I made it up there without without dying <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool it was a lot of fun that's so, cool yeah, yeah I've, I've never never traveled to that part of the world mm-hmm. definitely should I do recommend it and uh, stay off the tourist traps, though. I mean, yeah. just explore the sites. It was cool because I got to see one of my Chinese friends over there named Gary. That's his English name. And it was a little, like, it was, yeah, it was just like a little neighborhood with a bunch of apartments and stuff. But they had, like, it was in northern Hong Kong, so it wasn't, like, the big high-rises there. And um, probably, like, 30 minutes north on the train. So I'd get off on the train, take a little mini bus over to... The house and stay there. In this neighborhood, they had these, these little little shops, little restaurants that were just locals only. And I would go to the little little market, get some ramen, and I learned how to play mahjong. 
Okay. Yeah. So, and I got a Mahjong set now at home. Oh, so. nice. But, um. Does it take a while to set up? No, it's not that Really? Hard. Okay. Yeah. I just, I've played the game on the computer. Oh, no, the computer game is totally different. Is it really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you have to turn the pieces all face down and mix them all up. Okay. And make stacks too high in a row and then another row of, uh, Mahjong pieces and you pull them and you have to match the symbols, count one through seven and, or doubles. And, oh, okay. Depending on the rules that they play. The one of the, the the board game or the computer game is totally different than. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't totally, know that. Yeah, because I I always I, I've seen the sets with all the mm-hmm. tiles, and then I've played the video games. Yeah. And I'm like, it's that not would be a nightmare to set up. Yeah, it's not even the same. Yet. Okay. Not even close. Okay. And uh, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even the same. Uh, and so I would play uh, during the day, like one day a week. I would not go out. I wouldn't go to the city. Too many people stared at me and. So yeah, because I'm tall and fat, you know, I'm tall and skinny, and so tall and skinny white guys were a dime a dozen, but tall, fat white guys, <laughs> dude, I got my picture taken so much. I would come up and like poke me in the stomach, you know, and it was weird. It was like a weird celebrity thing. It was, <laughs> it was nuts. I would go to this little market, you know, grab a coke, have some noodles, and play mahjong with the old guys. Mm-hmm. It was cool, you know. Where else can you do that? I mean, right. These old guys wearing wife beater t-shirts and, you know, pants hiked up to their stomach, you know, <laughs> you know wearing sandals, you know. It, it was just cool, you know. And uh, I don't know. It was just, just a fun thing. I liked, I liked being off the beaten path, you know, and just being local. It was kind of fun. That's cool. I didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew the game what they were saying, you know, Pong, Dong, you know, whatever. The, the thing is when you get the points, mm-hmm. which I don't remember now, it's been a couple of years, but yeah so it was fun very cool all right well if people want to see your work or they want to contact you for uh, some reason how can they get a hold of you my website we're still working on it's bradashworth.com i'm just slow at it and it's dumb anyways but it has my stuff on there it has my contact info you can also just uh reach me out on facebook that my profile is public so yeah. all right yeah thanks for coming down hey no problem man no problem It's been good getting to know you. Thanks, dude. All right, so now we know a little bit about what makes Brad tick. (laughs) He's still a mysterious man. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to Fanex. Yeah, he should be there. So So I'll have to go and bug him a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going. At least, like, I don't even have a ticket to go. Oh, really? And just go. So I might see if I can dig something. The thing is, like... The only time that I pay, I've paid to go to Fanex or Comic-Con mm-hmm. was when I had a booth. Yeah. Truth be told, uh, I'm in that same category. But I've been to every single one of them uh-huh. because I kept winning tickets. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like every year, something would happen and I'd end up with tickets to go. Wow. So anyway. So yeah, remember, we're asking for short gaming stories uh give us a call at 801 sketch one and uh we're gonna retool and we're gonna have good times and we're gonna continue the interviews and found audio so send us your ideas call us up if you don't have a gaming story call us and tell us something and we might like it and it might be on the show and remember that we're being broadcast on provo free radio at freeradioprovo.tk give us a call leave us messages and you might be featured been good having you it's been great being here thanks for being on the show it's been fun to geek out a little i might have to cut it down a little bit because i went <laughs> a little bit overboard see even i go a little too long <laughs> when i get started on my gaming stories so uh have a great week everybody bye